today's episode of the A-Game Podcast, we have a recurring character. I believe he's only the second guy to come back on twice. Rob Loth was the first. And now we have James Krause, UFC vital real estate investor, business owner. Um, I really like James. He's a good guy. I mean, how do you not root for this dude? He's a UFC fighter, takes care of his kids, business owner, real estate investor, positive guy, puts the work in. Uh, and just nice, man. Down to earth. Good dude. Huge fan of him, man. I, I get fired up every time I talk to him. I'm looking forward to actually having him on more and uh, hearing more of his journey. But uh, I was a little, was a little out of it. We, we, we had a miscommunication about the days and he was like, can you jump on? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I jumped on and I just felt, uh, I felt a little off and just talking to him and going back through all the stuff that he's doing really fired me up, man. I mean, he, he snapped me out of it quick and uh, I just listened to it again. And I, I think this is a freaking fantastic episode for anybody who is just starting out in real estate it's going to fire you up for sure and even if you are doing real estate it's going to fire you up to do even more so um i don't know it's put some pep in my step this morning i'm listening to it again and going through it i think it's a great episode i think it's a great interview um and i think everything he says is 100 percent true i think he drops fire and uh golden nuggets that everybody can definitely benefit from um from actual tactical information for investing or just mindset stuff to give you a push and give you a kick in the ass and make you get off the bench and start playing in the game of real estate. So um, go back, listen to the first episode too. Um, there's some really cool things that we talked about. It was last April and we talked about how things were going and some things you should do and some things you should not do and what happens if you sit in the sidelines and how there's an opportunity right now if you're ready. And I guarantee people can go back and listen to that episode and then look at where they are for this episode and watch what he's done by sitting there and taking action on the money he's made. And if you sat there and you just waited because you were scared, that's going to keep happening. So this is a really cool case study for us to really talk about like, hey, here's where everybody is in life right now. Everybody's scared. Nobody really knows what's happening, but here's what we're prepared to do. And what is this going to look like? And he did it. So um, he's kicking buddies, taking names. He's up for coach of the year. Um, he had a, a huge win on a short notice as usual. I mean, the guy's just got balls of steel and he, he's a risk taker and he goes in there and he takes calculated risks. He preps, he trains, he does the research and, uh, a guy like that, I, I love to see win. So um, much appreciated for James Krause. Can't say enough good things about him. Um, we go over a bunch of different things. Um, first and foremost, if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter if you're a UFC fan or a real estate fan. If you're listening to it because he's a fighter, you're going to enjoy this. If you're listening to this because he is a real estate guy, you're going to enjoy this as well. We talk about everything from fighting and Fight Island. We talk about coaching, being the coach of the year, how that feels, what that's about. His stable of people he's got there with 12 UFC fighters that are young up-and-comers up at Glory MMA and Fitness. Talk about how to handle internet trolls. We talk about Kansas City, how Kansas City is responding right now to COVID and what it's like over there with the temperature of the real estate market, the temperature of the health protocols going on there. Um, we talk about housing life there, the cost of living there, um, why he invests there. We talk about uh, interest rates being low and now why they're basically giving away free money right now. It's the perfect time to jump in and be a real estate investor. We talk about um, what he's purchasing over the last year and what he's got under contract now and what he's looking to do over this year, what types of numbers are on there, what types of rates are on there, how he finds them, his processes for screening them, the people he has in place, the types of deals he wants, his deal criteria. So we go deep into that as well. We talk a little bit about Bitcoin. We talk about Airbnb, the pros and cons of some of the stuff he's doing. We talk about analysis paralysis and how to um, make a decision and fight through fear and take a calculated risk and the pros and cons on that to hopefully have you make some moves. We talk about researching things that you're doing before you take action, but how important it is to actually take action. Like I just said, um, taking calculated risks. We talk about the devaluing of the American dollar and we talk about doing things now to take care of your kids financially and give them financial literacy. As always, this episode is brought to you and sponsored by Naked War Recovery CBD. Go to www.nicknicknick.com slash links. You will see all the ways to connect with me in this podcast on social media and everywhere you get your podcasts. And you'll also see an affiliate link. On that link, click on Get Discounted CBD Today. We'll bring you to the Naked Warrior Recovery CBD site. This is not the gas station crap. This is pure, good quality CBD. If you take it for 30, 60 days consistently, you will see a difference whether you're a weightlifter or you're a jujitsu guy and your joints and everything have been hurting you for years. All those little nagging aches and pains start to go away. You sleep better, you feel better, you think better. CBD to me has been amazing. It is a Navy SEAL owned company. Go check it out. That site has more and more products on it every day. Put in code, no, code name A-Game as a promo code when you go to check out and you get 20% off. Also go on nicknicknick.com, get our free ebook, how to invest in real estate right now and everything you need to know uh, about the coronavirus and how it's affected the market. It's an ebook. I'm going to have to change the name for marketing reasons, but 
Um, right now, it's giving you all the things that over the last year you might want to take into consideration if you're looking to get into commercial, residential, flipping, uh, lending, borrowing, all the different aspects of real estate, how this changed, some of the key things we're looking for, and some of the th key things we can monitor to keep you safe. Free ebook if you go through the site. If you go on Amazon, it's going to um, it's going to cost a little bit of money, but you can get it free on our site. So go through that, jump on there, and while you're on there, let's talk about get you getting you involved in real estate. Reach out to me through the website, through the social media at Nick Lamagna on Invest on Instagram. Um, on that link site, you'll see all the ways to contact me. And whether you're new, whether you're experienced, whether you're getting into residential, commercial, cash flows, land development deals, you want to buy properties from me, you want to sell properties to me, or you want to partner up some way, or you don't even know how the hell you want to get involved. You just know that you want to make some money this year and make a difference. Reach out to me. Let's figure out a way to get you involved. And don't forget to leave a review and check out James Krause on Instagram, watch him support his fights, support his gym, support his gym members and the fighters that he coaches. Um, I'm definitely going to be always on the side of Team Kraus. All the Saralago guys say great things about him. So uh, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to put it out today. And I think you guys are going to love it. James Kraus on the A-Game Podcast. <laughs>
in back the next, uh, I fought at three 30 in the morning. I was on a plane at 1 PM. Oh man, that's nuts. I think like the initial allure, people thought they were going out to like some like tropical place and it's like, I'll fight and then I'll get a little bit of a vacation out of it, but not the case, huh? No, it's, it's nice, but it's, they, they keep you, it's like a, it's like a one block, two block bubble. Like you're in the W hotel, beautiful hotel, five-star hotel. Um, and then the venue is like two blocks away. So it's, it's, it's really close by, but like the streets are, the streets are blocked off, you know, so you can't, uh, you can't go outside of that bubble. And, uh, if you do, you're not allowed to, to come back in you have to go on a different flight back home. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like you can't just go because the, the, the charter plane is all people that have been tested. So you can't just come and go as you please. So they have it, they have it locked, man. It's, it's, it's a pretty crazy dynamic. Man. So what, uh, obviously the experience is going to be a little bit different. Is it harder now? Do you have any say, like when you guys are coming up and they have fights and they're like, Hey, you know, Abu Dhabi, this is when we have the car. Or are they attempting to at least keep some of the American fighters in Vegas? So you don't have to keep going back and forth for all your fighters. I'm not actually supposed to be there right now. I had two guys on and one of my guys got COVID and the other guy's opponent got COVID. So, uh, they both got pulled. So I'm not going there this time, uh, which is good for me because my schedule, uh, I think I'm out of town every weekend for five weeks in a row, starting February 9th. So, uh, it's good for me to be home for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, at this point, the, a lot of the foreigners still can't get out of their country. Uh, you know, they can't travel or they're having visa issues or whatever. So I think, uh, honestly, I think at this point, it's just, uh, I think it's just about like booking fights. I don't, I think they're so far past giving a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think they care. I think they're just booking fights and they're trying to put the, the foreigners on, but they can't, they're replacing with the Americans quick. Nice, man. So uh, one, one or two more questions on your fight stuff, and then we'll dig into some other stuff. But you've had a, a bit of an interesting month between uh, the Joaquin Buckley stuff that's going down with uh, you and him. And then uh, I saw the post with uh, Diego Sanchez and his, uh, his coach Joshua was another interesting one. I saw he just posted he doesn't know who he's fighting. But uh, who, who do you have your, your sight set on? Uh, I've asked for the Buckley fight. Uh, they, don't want, they don't want the fight. Uh, not Buckley. The UFC doesn't want to make the fight. Uh, they just, I don't know why. I don't know what I've asked for multiple times. Uh, they don't want to make it. So I'm not, you know what I mean? I can't force them to make the fight. I was willing to go up it mid, you know, back to middleweight to, to do it again. I'm not a middleweight. I probably weigh 190 right now, but, uh, they don't want to make the fight. So whatever. Um, and then Diego actually called me out. So, cause oh, I was talking, man, that's on his coach. I think his coach is a, is a master manipulator. I think he's a joke to the sport. And I said that openly in an interview and I guess he took offense to it. You know, uh, he's, you know, Diego wrote me this long DM, which everybody's giving me shit about sharing the screenshot of the DM. It's not like we had a conversation. This was not a DM conversation. Like, and I know what everybody's thinking of. They're thinking of the conversation between, uh, Dana and Connor talking bad about Diego. Right. And, uh, I, I didn't share a conversation. It was his, you know what I mean? Like we didn't go back and forth on, it. I shared his, his portion of it. And I just said, you know, some along the lines of like, I'm sure he's a real nice guy, but I don't think he knows shit about fighting. And I didn't even share that part of it. So, uh, I really don't give a shit either way. So it's not like, you know, we had some bro code or anything. He called me out. I said, let's go. And, uh, it is what it is. So I've asked for that fight as well. I, I don't think I've ever gotten a fight I've asked for from the UFC. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. They'll call you when one of those other guys opponents drops out that day on the fly out to Abu Dhabi. That's probably how it'll go. They'll call me whenever. Yeah. They'll call me when they have somebody fighting tomorrow and they need me at two or five. Mentally. What is it like? Because I know the public, I, I mean, I, I've been before, you know, I'll go down to jujitsu at Matt's and like, why well, I'm somebody will come down and I'll be like, Hey man, like I saw that fight. He's like, ah, the first I heard about it was when you read it on Twitter. Like, I don't know why they're announcing this or that, or, you know, and then you get like, like, Oh, this fight wasn't really ever, ever said. Nobody even brought it up to me somebody's just tweeting about it. And then on like Twitter, everyone's like, Oh, you pussy, you backed out of the fight. It was like, it was never a fight. Like it was like, so with stuff like this now, how do you deal with that? When it was like announced and then people were like, you should fight Diego, you should fight Buckley. And when it's like completely out of your control, how do you deal with that? I'm sure it gets frustrating. Uh, yeah. I mean, it gets frustrating, but listen, like most of the people that are saying shit are losers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't lose a, a minute of sleep. Like if you don't have anything better to do than get on a social media platform and talk shit all day, that's 
probably a good indicator of where you're at in life. I mean, you know, I, anybody that knows me knows I'm not dodging that dude. Uh, I've, I have flat out text the matchmaker twice and asked specifically for that fight at middleweight. They don't want to make it happen. No, it's, I don't care. I don't think Buckley's scared of me or anything. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think it's anything like that. Like I would, why wouldn't he want to fight somebody, you know, potentially two weight classes lower than him? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense for him not to not to want it. But either way, man, they don't want to make the fight. It's fine. It's not a problem. But like most of the guys, just like in anything in life, most of the guys talking shit online are losers, man. That's just the reality of it. They're, you know what I mean? Like I don't really pay no attention to it. It's it's funny to me that you know uh, a fight not getting offered to me can shake somebody so bad that they feel <laughs> the need to get online and run their mouth about somebody that they've never met before. You know, and say that I'm scared or, and all this stuff. Which dog like. Do a little bit of research. That's and it's funny because you see, you got like casual fans. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's never fought anybody good. Buckley's the best guy he's ever fought. Like, bro, like, go get out of here. This is you must you must be new. You know what I mean? Like, this <laughs> must be your first. So, uh, no, it's they're most of those guys are the losers. The reality of it, they're anybody that gets online and is talking shit because they don't have anything better to do is that I just, I don't have much respect for that. You know what I mean? Like, I. Your opinion, obviously, you're entitled to your opinion, but some of these guys are losers. <laughs> That's just uh, I agree, man. It's it's out of control these days. Hopefully, the the pendulum swings back when people start going back to work and they're on their computers all day. But um, luckily, uh, you, you you are getting a ton of positive press. So I think you were just up for coach of the year on a couple of the things, right? That's got to feel good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh yeah, it feels, it feels good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I work. You know, I work. I work really hard. Uh, still active fighter. I still have a do. I do a lot, and uh, I, I I work with these guys a lot. So it, yeah, you know, to get noticed for for something that you're you know putting life's work into, it's it's nice. So uh, I mean, I it's cool. I, I want to win fights, so you know what I mean. That's what um, that's what we're after. You know, my team. We have a good team. We're growing fast. We're a young team. Um, we don't have a lot of vets. Uh, I'm, you know, probably the most seasoned guy on there. Uh, we've got a couple, a couple different guys on there, but a lot of them are young, hungry, and they're ready to fight, man. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited where we'll be in like two, three, four, five years. You know, I think I think we're still uh, we're still young, and uh, we had a lot of success this last year. Had a lot of debuts, win. Um, did did really well. I'm really proud of the team. Um, I'm happy and getting a little bit of recognition uh, for coaching. But yeah, man, I want to win fights. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you get a you get a good squad over there. I know you uh, was it Kevin Groom. I think just had a fight over there. I'm seeing you pop yep. up more and more every time. I'll, I'll see you in the corner. I'll be like, all right, that's the guy I'm voting for now. It's a Kraus guy. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, Grant Dawson. He's he's good. Uh, I have Kevin Groom. We have 12 guys in the UFC. So that's really impressive. That's crazy. Little gym in Kansas City. It's not little. It's nine thousand square feet. But you know, who's counting? <laughs> nice man well well deserved you definitely uh you're making waves on all sides i like that but kc for instance um i've been seeing a lot of the videos that you guys are posting i mean we're new york's it's, it's still kind of a joke man you really can't even train I, i've literally rolled like once in the last 12 yeah. months Chicago's a little bit different but it looks like you guys are almost in full swing over there what's the temperature like in kc wide open man wide open you gotta wear a mask when you go into somewhere but in terms of the gym there's really no restrictions you know we're operating normal uh the hours are normal. Our classes are normal. And it really, we haven't had much of an effect to be honest with you. We closed down for a month in March and we've been normal since. So it's, oh. yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. We're, and we're, it, it's, it's kind of, it sucks and it's cool, but a lot of the out of town guys, I just had a kid from Boston. Uh, he left Boston to come, to come train. He's like, fuck it. I'm moving. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't do this. You know, he's on the cusp of being in the UFC and he's like, I got to do something. So got in his car and started driving and I landed us and stayed, you know, he's, uh, he's loving it. He's training every day now. It's, it's good. Is that happening more often? That was going to be my next question is, are you seeing people start to relocate? Cause I know like the whole data hair desk squad, like went to Puerto Rico, people are going to Texas, but KC is a sleeper, man. I've said it multiple times in this podcast. It's the kind of town when, when you go there, you could definitely, I mean, everybody that I've ever gone there with, when we land and we spend the night there, people are like, yo, I, I can live here. This town's fucking awesome. It's fun, man. Like it's, it's got a little bit of everything. Like if you like, if you like the country style, it you, I, literally from my house, right where I'm at right now, I can go 20 minutes down the road and be in a cornfield. 
And then I can go 20 minutes the opposite way and I can be in downtown Kansas city. And it's, it's just, it's really nice, man. The cost of living is, is extremely cheap here. About, probably is about as cheap as you're going to get, uh, in the country, you know, uh, you get a full four seasons. It's, you know, the weather's not terrible. It's not great. It's not Florida by any means, but you know, it's not New York either to where it's snowing its ass off all the time. You know, it's, it's, uh, you get a full four, you know, it's, it's, it's good, but man, you can, you can get a lot of house here, uh, for a little amount of money. Uh, the jobs here, there's, it's, it's flourishing here. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of restrictions right now. It's a good place to be, man. It really is. Uh, I'll never leave here. I, I love it here. Um, uh, you know, and I see a lot of these guys like, uh, the, on the California, Florida, and they're like, like, Hey man, like what, you know, what's your house cost? And they're paying like a million dollars for a shack. Dude, you can get a nice house here for a million, bro. You spend a million here. You're on a lake, you know, you're in a nice spot. It's good. It's real good. So I like it here. It's always been a nice, um, a night an attractive place as far as the investment side with the stability and the cost of living and the job growth and all that stuff. We've been um, with a lot of the groups I've been in, we've been targeting Kansas city for a long time before it really caught on. But I think when they started putting the sprint center in and the power light district and all these things started coming up there, more and more attention started rolling. And now with the businesses being able to stay open, I, I can only see that helping what you're doing in the real estate market. Are you seeing any appreciation or things firing up a little bit more on the commercial and the residential side? Oh God. Yes. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's insane. It's, it's almost like another country here. Like it's, it's a different world here. Like when I go out, out, you know, I travel a lot. So when I go outside of this, it's like, you see, you know, businesses shut down. It's just not like that here. I mean, there, there are some, there are some shutting down here, but, uh, dude, the real estate is the best it's ever been. Uh, I, I had lunch with my realtor today. He said that he beat his, uh, he beat his best year ever and doubled it this year by his, his best year and doubled it. So it's, it's great here, man. The, the rates are, it's free money right now, man. If you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you've prepped for this, we had this discussion. When was this? Uh, maybe six months ago, something like that. Maybe a little bit more. It was right before I moved to, to this house. So you, I was in the last house and, uh, I think we even talked about this. Like if you're ready to, you know, if you're prepped and you're ready and you're, you know, open-minded about this, this is going to be a great thing. And it has been nothing short, but by far, uh, 2020 was my best year that I've ever had, you know, and that's because I was prepped and I was ready. But if you're ready, man, it's the getting's good here right now. Like the, the market's insane. I think that that's a huge piece of, uh, you know, it was weird because the other time that there was some sort of catastrophe, everything did go south. And this one, I know the economy and stuff took a hit, but the real estate did it. And I think part of that, I'm sure there's many factors in there. But I know last time there was a lot of inventory. There was overbuilding, all this spec stuff, all this new construction. I literally forgot I was so busy that like the place I was leasing out here was up. And I was like, all right, I'll just go buy a place. Couldn't get any place. Oh, I'll rent another place. Couldn't get any place. Like nothing is staying on the market. Everything's over asking. My buddy in Florida, I think he said he had like 45 offers in one weekend, way over asking in an overly appreciated market already. So when you're looking at that, I think it's like you said, if you study things and you prep for that and then you started taking action, you're doing really well right now. If you sat on the sidelines and worried about it and got scared of what was going to happen, you just missed out on a really great opportunity to try, try to make some money. Yeah, we, we sold the, the last house that we did an interview in. We had uh, multiple offers, over 10 within, uh, within 24 hours. We got over asking price to a couple that didn't even see the house. So they bought it sight unseen from California. It's a shortage, man. Like you said, when the, the feds are keeping the interest rates low, the conventional lenders and the FHA lenders are still lending. Yeah. Appraisers are actually higher. Like they're taking a little bit of time, but I just, I did a, a 10 unit, a 24 unit, and we had a couple of houses and stuff that were coming around. And I, I was really concerned. Mobile home park that's closing Friday. And I, I was worried and worried about the appraisal. And they, they took a little bit of time because they're so backed up, but they were all like 30, 40, $50,000 over where I thought they were going to come in. I was like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's, I mean, it's free money right now. Like, and that's, I, and I'm sure we'll get into this to some degree, but like, it's just a, a thing that some people just can't comprehend about, about like, like success habits, wealth building ideas. Like just think, like, you don't understand you're paying like two and a half percent right now. 
You know what I mean? It's like, why would you not borrow it? Why would you pay this off? Refinance every fucking thing you have right now. Like, why would you not? You'll never see this ever again in your lifetime, ever. You know what I mean? You'll never see two and a half uh, sub threes again. Once it goes back up, I don't think we'll ever see it again in our lifetime, in my opinion. No, I don't disagree with you at all. I know Aljamain's on, I think, his second house. Raging Al just bought his third house. Like People are capitalizing on that, and those things are going to pay off. And you know, being able to throw tenants in there and, and have money per door in there at that interest rate is crazy for that long-term debt, You know, especially on the residential. On a commercial, it might balloon in five years. Maybe you might be looking at a different story. But right now, residential, man, while they're giving you that money, it, yep. it's, it's silly not to do it. I bought my ass off last year, bro. I bought five last year alone. I'm, yeah, let's, let's get to that, man. Let, t- tell me all the stuff that you were doing uh, since our last discussion on the real estate side. I want to hear. I see you posted a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, dude, we got to get on and talk about this. Yeah. So, like, I can't remember where I was last time, but I'm about to close uh, on a triplex, which would put me at 14 doors, including the house that I live in. So, I have uh, a commercial building, which my gym is out of. We also have two other tenants in there. Um, I have two Airbnbs, which I'm having some problems with the city on that. I'm going to have to shift because they do really well. Like one Airbnb netted me uh, 48.5 last year. So I'm having some problems with the permitting because they're really starting to lock down on it. So if I can't get those accepted, I'll sell those because I have a lot of equity in those and I'll sell those and I'll go big looking for like a, like a, a 20, 30 unit apartment complex or something of the sort. Uh, but I bought a bunch of, a bunch of single family. Uh, I, I, I plan the same criteria as when we spoke last 150,000. Uh, or cheaper three bedroom, one bathroom in Lee Summit School District, which is where I am. You can't lose. You can't lose. You just can't. You can't lose value here. That, like I bought a house, and like thirty days later, it was worth like thirty grand more. You know what I mean? It's like insane. It's it's just you put you put eight thousand in renovations, you get triple that back. It, it's it's nuts right now. So um, I've just been I've been every ounce of cash I have has been going to buying real estate, and uh, it's it is absolutely killing it right now, killing it. That's smart, man. I think there's a quote. I was listening to Warren Buffett and he was talking about how, like, I think in like the 60s or 70s, I, I, whatever, but money was like 18%, 17% and people were still buying real estate. Mm-hmm. Nuts, man. It's, I can't, uh, I just can't even fathom. My, like my realtor told me his first house was at 7%. I was like, what? <laughs> that's not even investor. You know what I mean? Like that, that's insane. Like you can almost, you can almost get a private lending for that much now. You know, it's like, it's, it's nuts, man. I can't imagine buying a house for 7%, you know? Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's free money. It's free money. You know what I mean? It's, it's free money right now. And if you're not, gosh, dang, man, I can't even, there's so many tricks and I'm putting together this, uh, this financial literacy course, which maybe you've seen, and I'm getting some of the, like the craziest questions. <laughs> it's just like, if, if you guys wanted to know, I, I'm not an expert. Like people are, uh, I'm into Bitcoin right now. People are asking me questions like I'm an expert in Bitcoin. You know when I got into Bitcoin? A month ago. <laughs> I got in right before it started cranking up. Like two days after I got into it, it started popping off. But I have done hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of research on it. And it's just like, if you want to know all the information in the world, it's all available on your cell phone. It's all there, you know? And if you want to know, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll find a way to do it. And, uh, it's crazy, man. Like you can, you can buy houses now, no money. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways that you can get so uh, creative with it. The lending right now is if you get the, if you get the right lender, it's, oh my, it's just, if you're, if you, uh, now more than ever, you have the ability to build real wealth for the cheapest it ever possibly could be now more than ever. There's more ways to be rich and wealthy than ever before. If you're not figuring it out now, it's not because you don't, you, uh, it's not because you can't, it's because you don't want to. I agree. And I think a lot of the, the fear of making the wrong move makes people make no moves and that's not going to do you anything. That's so I'd rather see you go do something and make a mistake. Cause at least you're learning something. Then just sit stagnant and not do anything at all, you know. And uh, this stuff. So Bitcoin, I bought Bitcoin. It's funny, like oh, man, maybe a year ago. Like it was right when it started to go. Up. I bought it at the worst time, and I remember like I went, I went upstairs and we were at this like bar in Seattle, 
And some dude was up there just chilling with his girlfriend. And he was like, you guys talking about Bitcoin? I was like, yes. But I literally heard somebody say it's going up. I passed the guy my phone. I bought like $8,000 worth of it. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, don't. And he's like, well, he's like, my, my pot dealer like came over like six years ago or something and was like, dude, you should buy some of this. He's like, and I did. And I'm like a crazy millionaire now from it. And I was like, what? Like freaking Bitcoin millionaire that bought it like off a, a tip from his weed dealer. But like. That's the kind of stuff where like people make moves based on that. And then other people that are smart people are sitting there going, well, how come that person has, you got to take action, man. It it really is the biggest difference is just taking action, study, don't overstudy, but go out there and just start doing stuff, you know? And and so financing wise, uh, another thing I I like that you touched on, you said private money is almost exactly where that is now. I like playing onto that role of people are going to listen to you and, and hear you. You're going to start to find this too. The more people start to look for you for the financial literacy course, they're still going to be scared to pull the trigger and they're going to go, you know what, man, you're killing it. Can I just give you money? It's a great time to raise private money. Yes. So you literally have no excuses when lending is cheap. Private money is there to help you with the down payment and the gaps. Things are flying off the shelves. They're appreciating day by day. There's low inventory. Like if you can find a deal, freaking go out there and buy it, man. But how are you, um, how are you financing yeah. most of your deals? Uh, so I have a, I have a, uh, I think I have a fairly unique strategy. I, I could be wrong. Uh, right now, uh, you know, I'm still actively fighting and stuff. So that helps my, my bills are paid. I don't need to fight. Right. I pay my bills. I don't have to fight. So pretty much like every dollar that I get, I, pu- I put it back into real estate and, uh, like I don't refinance anything. I have never refinanced any one of my properties. Whenever I'm done fighting, I will then continue to buy real estate, but I will do it with the equity that I already have in. So like, I, I want to keep the money in right now because if it's not in my face, I won't, I won't spend it. So I keep the money in an investment. Uh, I don't keep it in the account. I keep it in the real estate, right? So I have an investment account and I buy real estate with that investment account and that investment account doesn't buy anything that won't make money. Right. So like, that's all it's for. And I don't refinance anything right now. Uh, right now I'm actually in the middle of refining all my deals only, but I'm not pulling money though, but only because of the rate. So I keep all my money in. And then whenever I'm done fighting, uh, I will then ref- I will continue to buy, but refining the current uh, equity that I have in the houses. Right. So just, I'm just getting, I'm giving, I'm giving real estate my cash right now to hold on to it until you know, later. And then I can start to refi with that and I can play with that cash because I have quite a bit of equity in, in all of the houses that I have. That's smart, man. You're getting cash flow at the same time, right? You're positive cash on all of them. Killing it, killing it with the, the cash flows, killing it. And I do, I let that cash flow come back to build them, to build the investment account up. So for example, if I, I have, I have, uh, I'm closing on 14 doors, those 14 doors at cash flow, let's just say, it's $7,000 or what? I don't know. It's a nice even number. Let's just say it's 500 each door. That's not true, but let's just say it is seven, uh, $7,000, right? Uh, I will, I will let that build, let that build until I have another down payment. And then I do it again. And I let that build, let that build another down payment. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you, know, you can do this. I'm just doing it at a very fast rate because I have the cash flow. Cause I'm able to fire right now. I'm able to pay my bills cause I have the gym. So, but other people, I think the problem is, is like, they think, they think that it takes too much time, right? Like, no, no, a normal person would do this over the course of like two, three, four, five years. It's the Burr method, right? Like you can do it, you let it build equity and then you can refi or you can rehab it. That's the Burr method, rehab it, or you can just let it build equity and then refi it three, four, five years now from there. But people don't want to get rich slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's Buffett's quote. You know, Bill Gates said, uh, your investment strategy is almost perfect. How come more people don't do it? And he said, nobody wants to get rich slow. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He's played all over the world and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585. 
0585 for your free online drum lesson. The best way to do it, man. I like what you're doing. And now for, for people who don't understand what you're doing there, you can do a refinance where you're literally pulling like tax-free cash dollars out, but obviously that's going to now increase or, or decrease your cash flow, increase part of your loan. But what you're yep. doing is more of a rate term. So if you have a property, let's say it's at 4% and now you find out the rates are at two and a half, you can turn around, you can make your payment lower, which is going to increase the cash flow every month, which is going to help you pay that all faster, get you more equity. Like it's, it's playing with the house money, man. It's, it's, it's such a smart way to go right now. Cause like you said, there's going to be a shift eventually and those rates are going to go back up and you're going to be kicking yourself going, man, I really wish I would have done that. And the, you know, the freaking government's smart because they're going to keep that housing alive. Cause every time they put quarter of a percent, people are going to panic and go, shit, I got to buy it. It's going to keep that housing market going, man. So I love that they're doing that. I think it's great for us long-term. We got at least another couple of years of some, a nice wave to ride here. Yeah, no, I understand. It's a, it's a financial cheat code. Like in no other mm -hmm. way does this, in any other business, right? Like it doesn't make sense. Like somebody else is paying. Like if, if I said, Hey, Nick, uh, I'm going to buy this car, but you, uh, you, you pay for the car. I, I get to drive it though. <laughs> no, but that's how it works with, with real estate. And people just, people just don't understand it, man. And like, uh, I learned that I learned that quick, man. I really don't believe in 401ks. I just started a retirement where I gave a third party company money to, to invest for me. I just did that for the first time this year. But I really don't believe in 401ks. Uh, shit, by the time I'm uh, that age to retire, I, I don't even know if they'll be around still. I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if they weren't. Uh, but it's, it's man, it's, it's crazy and it's scary. To, uh, I've always had a problem with relying on other people to, to support me, right? Like, I can't, I can't do that. So for me, real estate is a nice way for me to cash flow. So whenever I want to retire, I can either sell off everything that I own and live on the cash or I can live on the cash flow because by that time, the properties would essentially ideally be paid off, but I will probably keep refining to get more properties. So for me, it's not about, uh, there's like the Warren Buffett, you know, way. And it's, I said this on my financial, I did like a questionnaire the other day. Somebody brought up him and I said, I just, I completely disagree with how he does things. Cause for okay. me working with a hundred thousand dollar house, why would I pay that down whenever I can get 20, uh, whenever I can get five, 20, dollar day down payments for five houses. Even if I don't cash flow a dollar, somebody else is still paying that note down for me. And I, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't like, I would rather have volume over, over, uh, deferring the payment. Yeah. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. I think it's a smart idea for sure, man. And just leveraging that when you start to look at what your returns are for taking that, you know, I'm, I'm always big on that. You got a hundred thousand dollars. You don't buy one house, you leverage it, get an 80% loan, put 20 down on five. And now what happens in 10 years, you know, look what you can retire on, you know, those like a simple thing, like a house I bought in the, in the downturn last time, I think I, I basically don't know anything on it now, but it's worth like 200 grand now. If I would have done that strategy with five of them, I literally can be like, oh no, it's COVID. What am I going to do? I'll sell off all five of these properties and be sitting on a million dollars cash. And it paid me every single month. What's going to be better than that? Yep. No problem. And you're just safe, man. Like you can't, it's, it's just hard to miss. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Uh, and these, these houses, like my payments on these are like 500 bucks a month. I'm getting $1,200, $1,300 a month in rent. Oh man. How can this, like, I just bought a duplex where one, one side pays the entire mortgage. You know what I mean? I just bought a triplex. Uh, I bought, I'm, I'm, I'm closing a triplex now. Same thing. One unit pays the, uh, pays the mortgage. It's like, <laughs> and, and not there's three massive storage units that can be converted, wiped out and converted into another unit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got it. I'm on it. You know what I mean? Like crazy, man. It, it's just, uh, you, you said it best. And this is what I've come to realize is people are just scared to death to take the risk, man. And I would rather, I would rather die, you know, get rich or die trying. My boy 50 said it best. Get rich <laughs> or die trying. I can't, I can't do the nine to five thing, man. I'm a terrible employee. Uh, I like to do things my way and it is what it is. You know, that's just, I'd rather fail trying to do it myself than, than, uh, you know, succeed working, succeed working for somebody else. I a hundred percent agree with that, man. And obviously the same way you handle your fighting career, the same way the real, you know, fight last minute, buy a house. Like it's all, you know, a testament. You have the, the true entrepreneurial spirit. So I love that, man. It, it echoes for sure. 
But the um, so well, one, thing, one thing else is pretty. Cool. Like my daughter, my daughter just walked by I me. Mean, this is why I thought is like I was able during the downturn. I was able to to buy my kids. I, I bought them one each a property, right? Huh. So I them this property whenever they go to move out, they can either live in it or they can they can rent it out themselves and you know use that cash flow to buy a to their own house. You know what I mean? It's it's just uh, it's not it's not just about me. It's about you know you got to think past yourself and you got to set up. Uh, your kids or your family or whatever, you know? I think that's another thing that, you know, people worry about saving up for college, saving up for all these things, instead of spending all that money and trying to, you know, I, I know I literally have houses that I paid off before I paid off my student loans. They drag those things yeah. out forever. But it's exactly like you said, you know, if you really want to do something good for your kid and for their future, when they're infants, buy a house and sit on it. Your college tuition's paid for. You can, like you said, you take that, you refinance it, you put that money down on college, you keep the asset, you let it do it all over again. They leave it for their kids. Like it's it's just it makes sense, but you still get the people who go, I understand it, but sounds too good to be true. There's no way it could work like that. There's got to be more to it. And they just what if themselves out of it. Whereas if you would have spent the last five or 10 years going to work every day, trying to trying to sit there at a, at a job at your nine to five, because you thought that was a secure thing to do. Look what happened. Yep. All the people that did that during COVID, you know, if you would have bought one or two cash flowing properties that could have potentially taken care of all your bills while you were out of work for the last 10 months. You know, it just, it's like you said, you, you can't rely on anybody else to come save you. And I don't think people want to go out there and do that themselves. It's, it's, it's nuts, man. Yeah. It, and it might be a security thing. Some people may, may like that. You know what I mean? Some people may, I don't, it sounds like you, don't, but some people may, you know, and that's, that's fine. You know, that's, that's fine. But for me, it was great doing that for my, for my daughter. Like we made a thing of it. Like she knows it's hers that someday, someday she'll own that. She went to closing with me. Like, like we talked about it, like how it works and she's five. So I don't expect her to like really, really get it. But man, if I can really start instilling that in her head right now, I can't imagine where she's going to be when she's, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. It's amazing when you can start to plant those seeds in kids that age. You know, you'll start to see the conversations that kids her age are having in even five years and what she's starting to do. It's going to be awesome, man. Yep. hundred percent. That's great. So when you're, when you're looking at these properties, are you getting stuff now? Like, are you getting them off the MLS? You get them right from your realtor. Are you pulling lists? Are you going after cold? Like what's your process for finding these deals? And are you getting them in condition that you don't really have to put a lot of work into them or you're looking for them banged up? For me, uh, I have a couple of different criteria that I look at. Uh, Lee Summit, where I live, is the the the. It's one of the wealthiest cities in the state of Missouri. So average income seventy two thousand dollars a year. Still growing very rapidly. Jobs are great here. The schools are some of the best in the uh, in the state. Uh, I like to play here, so I have two different criteria that I look for. One is a uh, single family home, one hundred fifty thousand dollars or less. Three bedroom, one bathroom. I usually find them on MLS. I just set up an email drip. My realtor sends me a drip. Whenever one hits, it shoots an email to me uh, and I get it. And I've bought the last three single family homes sight unseen. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't need to know if the foundation's cracked or whatever. I know that the money that I'm going to have to put into that, I know that I'll get it back down the road, but I haven't had any, any issues. I personally, if I got to pick, I like to buy houses that are just a shade outdated, the structurally sound, but they're a little outdated. And like my wife is incredible at, at a uh, design and uh, just making a, a, a kitchen look great or making a living room look, look great. And a lot of times you would be amazed. Like you would be absolutely, you won't be cause I'm sure you can understand this, but painting cabinets and changing hardware goes so far. Like it, can look like a different house. If you paint a cabinet white and put a different pull on it, I mean, it, it just looks brand new. And that has done so much for me. I, if I'm renting this out, I don't like carpet cause I don't want to replace it every year. So I put hardwood down. It's just a hair more expensive. I put a uh, hardwood down and it, and it lasts years, you know? So it, that, that's what I plan. It's worked well for me. Uh, I just transitioned to also multi-unit in Lee summit as well. And I, uh, I just closed on a duplex and I have a contract on a, a triplex right now. That's awesome. And are you going conventional with most of the loans? Or are you going to the local bank? And, uh, how are you, what are you using for lenders? Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a, a private bank out of Omaha that I use. And, uh, I have a, another bank. I have a few different ones, but I, I like to play in the same, you know, I, I've kind of capped myself out at one. So I moved to an X and, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that, if I can tell anybody that's listening, like getting creative with your bank, 
uh, that is so key, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just putting down a regular, I put 15 to 20% down. I was getting 15% before COVID hit after COVID, everybody started tightening things up. So now I'm putting 20 down, uh, 20% down typically. And, uh, but I, but I, it's, I'm not losing it though. You know what I mean? Like I know my cash is in there and I can, I can refi that whenever. Cause most of the time the appraisal, most of the time the appraisal comes back to the price, the sale price anyway. But if I got that reappraised independently, it for sure will appraise higher. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't mind my cash being in there cause I know I can get it out whenever I want. If I, if I want to refi, if I want to sell, um, but yeah, just my bank is very creative. Uh, they work fast and, uh, they don't ask me a lot of questions. They work with me, not, not against me. Dude, local banks are the way to go. Like the, those smaller banks rather than the, like the big chases in the bank of America's they'll do so much work for you, man. They, they, nope. it's just, when I, when I first got out back around this area, I had my assistant start calling all like the local banks and just asking about like their loan terms, their qualifications, what they're looking for. Cause you know, at some point, some of the other banks, when you start to get to like 10 properties, then you have to, you know, you're putting them, are you doing stuff like that? Like the asset protection, putting them in LLCs, are you doing anything right in your own name? Yeah, no, no, no. Everything I have, every, uh, you there? Did I lose you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Every, every property I have, uh, has its own separate LLC with the exception of a couple different ones. I have two Airbnbs in the same one. Uh, but most of them have their own LLC just for obviously security reasons. Smart man. Yeah. And that'll help you with the, with the loan requirements. So the Airbnb is an interesting one because those got killed in a lot of other places, especially like the last time we talked, a bunch of my buddies were selling them off because nobody was coming to some of the touristy places like, you know, Colorado's and things like that. And I think uh, I, we were doing a, did you wind up doing the lease option? We were talking about doing a lease option for one of the properties you had. I, I it's still on the table. One of the Airbnbs I'm debating on doing a lease option on that. So uh, it's, 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 it's a possibility. Um, but where I want to go, I probably should just get rid of it and get, cause I want to, if I'm going to sell those Airbnbs, I want to go big to like a 20 plus unit apartment complex. So if I do that, I'll need the equity that I have in those two, those two houses to, to, uh, to do so. What uh, was the factor for making that an Airbnb versus a long-term rental? Uh, there, there, so my Airbnb, I have a, I had, I had, uh, niches in, in everything that I do. So the Airbnbs, my Airbnbs, uh, I want to set myself apart from everybody else. Right. So there's a ton. If you look up Kansas city listings, there is a ton that stay, you know, one person, two people, three, four, five, there's thousands of listings. I can't compete with that. So every house that I would buy in Airbnb uh, for Airbnb would be close to downtown Kansas city. Cause that's a nice central location for everybody in the city. Two, it'll hold uh, either 10, 12, or higher people. Mine both hold 10 and 12 people. That automatically sets me apart from everybody else because there's not a lot of Airbnbs that hold that many people. And then secondly, I allow pets, which most Airbnbs don't at all. And I haven't had any issues. And that, if you do that criteria alone, it puts me number one. Even if you go 10 plus, I'm number one and number two in the listings. I'm a super host as well. I'm number one, number two in the listings in Kansas City. Nice, man. That's awesome. That's good stuff. So how do you balance all this stuff? Because a couple of things, what's your process for somebody sends you deals or you're looking at the MLS? Do you have somebody else doing that or is it coming right to you? Once you get it, how are you analyzing? Like what's your process now for funneling that? Because you get so much crap going on. I get an email that says this house is on MLS. I shoot my realtor a message. Go see this house as soon as you possibly can. He says, I love it. He's a very, very conservative fa uh, friend of the family. Very, very conservative on his numbers and how he approaches things. He's the opposite of me. I'm a risk taker. He's very, <laughs> if he says buy this house, I buy it twice. Like I don't even just put the offer in whatever you think. I've been typically putting an asking price. I've even been putting a couple of 5,000 over just to get them because they're such good deals. You know what I mean? Uh, this, this triplex, uh, I was working with a guy on the Airbnbs, getting the permitting. He's a realtor. It just, fell in. He, he knew that I like to buy in the summit and just fell into place. You know, uh, the, the duplex is so stupid. The duplex was on there and I was like, there's no way I, I just, I quit looking for like a week and I got on there. I was like, why is this still on here? There's no way that this would be on here. So the realtor, the selling it put that the commission, uh, I'm sorry, the owner put the, the commission for the realtor that would sell it would be lower. So the realtors don't want to show it because they're not going to get full commission on it. So I was like, dude, like I told my guy, I said, go look at this. It's probably some 
wrong with it or whatever. It was just because nobody wanted to show it. You know what I mean? So we went it, scooped it up, and I I bought a duplex. I bought a duplex here for two hundred thousand. Nice, nice. Like, nice. That's awesome. Shortcuts are crazy, man. People always think that they're they're saving money by cutting quarters. Like same thing people do with their rehabs and the properties don't sell or they sit on the market. People try and cut commissions for realtors and then the properties sit there. Or like you said, they look at the deals and they go, I'm not going to pay asking price for that. Why? Well, because they're asking. That's crazy. I want a deal. It's, it is a deal. It's making you cash flow every single month. Like it, I never understood the people that look at it and they go, I'm not going to pay that just because like it's it's no logic. It's it's it, it, it makes me nuts. Yeah, and the, the asking price on that was two twenty, and they didn't have any offers, so they took mine at two of three. If he would have listed it at full agent commission, he would have had multiple offers at, at, at probably over asking at two twenty. No problem, no problem. It's a it's one of the best locations you could possibly get in Lee Summit. I mean, it's great right across right across the street from multi million dollar homes. Like the area is insane. Parks, it's it's, it's the guy was an idiot. He, he stepped over dollars grab dimes. Yeah, man, people do it. It's too short-sighted. How is uh, being the UFC now and getting your name out there? Obviously, you're, you're getting more and more notoriety for everything you're doing. Is that helping bring eyes and bring deals to you as far as local realtors, local sellers, lenders, anything? Not really. I don't think so. I mean, most of the stuff I find is on MLS. Uh, you know, I, I create relationships just through networking, and I, most of them don't even know I fight. I don't want them to know I fight. Be honest with you uh i feel like you don't get really taken serious when you you know what i mean like when you when you walk into the room you don't really get taken serious as like a as a potential real estate investor uh, i don't know i no i don't really use it to be honest with you you know people say uh people say that all the time like uh your gym's only successful because you have a bunch of ufc fighters we don't even advertise that we have ufc fighters like we don't you know what i mean like most of my members are women and kids you know it's like <laughs> It's, it's dumb. So like we just have a good fight team, you know? Yeah. I think that's another misconception too, is people think that like the UFC fighters at the gyms are the ones that are bringing in all of the income for that. But like the, the way that you would build that business would be for like regular members, the, the, the high majority of people at the gyms just come in for fitness or for camaraderie or for atmosphere. They don't fight. Like that always blew my mind of like, Oh, you, you train at Matt Sarah's gym. You train at James. Obviously, everybody there is a competitive UFC fighter. It's like, no, it's not how it is at all. We have we have any given time we have between 325 and 350 members. We have about 30 people on our fight team. So it's minimal. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I love the, you know, everything, obviously, that that, that side of the world from jujitsu to MMA to the guys at Longos and Mats and out here in Chicago have bought me that are all great things for me personally, professionally, like better friends, better everything. It's sad to me when I see that people don't go and take that leap to get into something that they've wanted to do because of that fear, especially because even if the gyms were mostly fighters, they're the nicest freaking guys ever. Like they're not going to beat you up when you walk in. Like they're trained professional people. Like they're, they're some of the like professional fighters are some of the most welcoming people I've met in my entire life. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they don't have anything to prove, right? There's nothing, there's no ego. Well, there's not, you can't have an ego, I guess, but there's no, I think people are always like on guard because, you know, I don't know. It's, a, it's kind of a, just a primitive thing. Right. But like, if you're, if you're used to getting beat up every day or beating people up every day, you kind of get humbled in a sense of like, there's no, there's no reason to, you know, there's no, there's no reason to, to be primitive in the room, I guess, you know, it's, it, um, I don't know. I, I agree. Some of the, some of my best friends in the world are, are professional fighters. And like you said, some of the most approachable people, and you wouldn't think some of these dorks you wouldn't think could fight out of paper bag, but they're mean as hell. Yeah, I said, uh, I think I was training at Florian's place in Boston. And uh, I was like, man, you probably got all these like, you know, really tough street Boston dudes that come in here. And he was like, dude, I freaking wish. He's like, my whole gym is like IT nerds. He's like, you know how bad I want some construction guys to come in so I can like barter them working on the electric for me or something. But, uh, you know, <laughs> one of our guys always said, he's like, I think it was right around that time, right around like the Ultimate Fighter season, like one or two. I think it was when like Luke Kumo was going out there from our gym. And he's like, man, there's nothing better than taking a nerd and making him a freaking killer. And like, see a lot of that jujitsu gyms, like IT guys, com like Matt Sarah is a comic book guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's awesome, yeah. man. It breaks the stereotype. And it's happening younger now. The kids are getting involved now, which is really cool to see. Are your kids training down at your gym? Yeah, my my uh, five year old running around here. She she trains. Uh, she trains as well. 
That's awesome, man. So talk a little bit about the financial literacy course. I know you were talking about putting that together last time and it looks like you're getting it out there now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm finally working on it. It's like, it'll, it'll, I'm starting to put it together. So, uh, financial literacy, uh, literacy course. I, I mean, I basically just want to kind of like fast track for people what I've had to learn over the years. It's just, it's just simple things. Uh, the first part of his mindset, right. Breaking through these barriers, the exact barriers that you and I are talking about right now, this whole thing, right. It's just like, there, there's so many things that, that, that you could be doing that you're not doing. And even if there's things that you could be doing, even if you don't have the money right now, like I tell my guys, uh, like practice, if you guys want to get better at the stock market practice, there's, there's fake stock markets that you can, you know, like just practice investing practice, uh, like look at real estate. What is it? What does it cost? Like understand, understand real estate, understand the financing portion of it, understand exactly what it takes to do that. Right. Like before I even started, uh, investing, I like, I did hours and hours and hours of research. I was on bigger pockets podcast. I was listening to Grant Cardone. I was, you know, I was doing everything that I could to just understand the industry that I wanted to be in. And people uh, just don't want to do that. It baffles me. It's crazy. Right. So that's the first part is just like, you got to prep yourself to be, to be ready for this. And then the second part is just like a lot of the stuff we're talking about with real estate, like, you're taking a risk by doing it. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, everything's a risk, right? You're taking a risk by stepping outside your door. How do you know a comet's not going to hit you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everything's a risk, man. But like, it's not really, if you do it even halfway right, it's not a risk. You know what I mean? Like you can't, it's crazy to me how, how fearful people can be. And, uh, I think just breaking through those barriers of like, the kind of like, just, you know, fucking do it mentality, you know, like we got to You can, you can do what you're doing now, or we can give it a shot and see what's the worst thing that's going to happen. You go bankrupt, whatever, you know, is that the worst thing that's going to happen? It's possible. But if you buy in the right stuff, like, like house hacking, nobody knows what house hacking is. Like if you're in the real estate, you do, but like, if I was single, I would for sure do that. I'd buy a multi-unit, put 3.5% down, live in one unit for six months or a year or however long I needed to. Dude, it's crazy that people aren't doing this. Like, it's insane to me that, that anybody that has any 3.5% down on, what is that? On a, on a $200,000. I just bought a duplex for $200,000 in Lee summit, wealthiest city in Missouri. That's 7,000 down. If you can't save $7,000, we don't need to be having this discussion anyway. You have bigger problems on your hand, right? Like anybody can save $7,000. Anybody can save $7,000 to put 3.5% down on a $200,000 multi-unit duplex, right? You live in one side for free. The other tenant pays the entire mortgage. My payment on that is 865. Rent is low, I might add. One side's 800, one side's, uh, I'm sorry, one side's 900, one side's 850. It's like, Man. why? you know what I mean? Like, why are you not? And I, if I was single and I was young, I could live in one side and the other person pays for free. It pays, pays the, the mortgage for me. Why are more people not doing this? So I think it's just, just telling people, you know, uh, people ask me about Bitcoin. Like, I think it's crazy that you're not in it. You know what I mean? I think it's uh, like, you're not, you're not betting on Bitcoin. You're betting against the US dollar, which has devalued over 50% in the last 20 years. Uh, most people don't know that 20% of all cash flow ever printed was printed in the last year. Uh, like the, of course the U S dollar is going to shit. Like they're printing it. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. So you're not betting on the U S dollar. You're betting against U S dollar. You're betting on a more efficient technology. That's not going to replace the dollar. It's going to be a commodity to the dollar, right? Like it's going to, it's going to help. It's you're, you're not betting on VHS, ta uh, VHS tapes right now. We have DVDs. We're playing on streaming Netflix. That's what we're betting on is Netflix is coming and that's Bitcoin, right? Like we're betting on a better, more efficient technology and just helping people understand that. I just, pe uh, people don't, people don't get it and they don't want to get it. They don't take the time to get it. So buy my shit and I'll, I'll let you get it in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like that's, if you don't want to do the research, I've done it. Hear me out. This is it. I wish I had somebody, you know, I wish I had somebody helping me because I've, I've probably had hundreds of hours on YouTube and, you know, thousands of dollars in courses that 
some helped me a lot. Some didn't just fast tracking that, you know, that's the same. If you're trying to get a, if you're trying to get a, a black belt, you know, Matt Sarah is probably one of the guys that you can, you're really good. If you're a black belt, you know, you fast track the blue belt, you know what I mean? Like that guy can get you there. He can do that. Cause he's that fucking good, you know? And it's just, people don't get it, man. No, I agree, man. That was so well said. <laughs> no, you know, the, uh, the same thing you're saying though, it's just training. You know what I mean? You, you want to, you want to get a black belt. You got to go, you got to train, you got to put the reps in. You want to go start getting into real estate, getting into Bitcoin, buying houses, like training, taking the courses, putting the time in, waking up early, going to bed late, putting weekends in, putting time in stuff. People don't want to do. They don't want to put the effort in. They don't want to put the time in. And, you know, I think the stuff that you're doing is, is spot on. And, and even with the, what you said, hey, what's the worst case scenario? If you play that out and people are like, man, I, I could lose my job, I can go bankrupt. What happened to most of the country in the last 10 months anyway? And you, that's like the biggest wake up call. Like no matter what you do, it's out of your hands. It literally, a pandemic could come and wipe you out. So at least you stand a fighting chance if you're gonna get some assets, get some cash flow, get some tenants, like something there. I mean, you know, like stick up for yourself, go. You know, I think there's that old, that, that, uh, that documentary waiting for Superman. I, I always quote that with real estate. Cause I'm like, people are sitting there waiting for Superman to come save them. They need to realize that they are like, they're the person who has to take care of their wife, take care of their kids, take care of their bills, make money during the pandemic. And again, there's, there's no excuse. Like I don't have time. How much stuff are you doing, dude? You're doing real estate. You're buying 14 deals. You're coaching. You're going to these freaking across the world flights. You got to quarantine. You got to coach this guy. You got to do that. It's crazy. You could have every excuse in the world to say, I can't do this, but you're not. You're doing more than ever. It's it's all just excuses, man. You're making a choice. It's just like you said. I've been poor before. I've been broke as shit before. I don't ever want to go back to it. You know, I like I like the life I live. I love the house that I have. I love the car I drive. I, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to... Uh, I want to be able to buy my, my family and my kids and whatever they, you know, whatever they want within reason, obviously, you know, it's, uh, man, it, it's, uh, <laughs> money can't buy happiness, but neither can be in broke. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I just, I, I have a, and I talk about this in my course. I have, I have a theory. There's two types of people. There's, there's savers. And then there's, producers or earners. I like to call them earners. Uh, so for example, if, if I want, if I need an additional $150 a month for cable, whatever internet, I can do it two ways. I can bottom line it. I can save, I can, I can save by not going to Starbucks and buying a $5 cup of coffee every day for 30 days. Or I can earn, I can go out and say, I'm going to make an additional $5 a day so I can have my fucking Starbucks and I have my extra 150, right? Like I can do both. I can do this. I'm an earner. I'm a producer. Cause I want my goddamn Starbucks and I want that, you know, I, I want my Starbucks. That's what I want. That's what I'm after. I don't want to save. I've never, people ask me, how do you budget? I don't fucking budget. I've never budgeted in my life. I'm terrible. at. It. I don't want to budget. That's the whole point of this. I don't want to have to fucking budget. Like, I don't want to have to look at check my bank account when I go to McDonald's or Starbucks. I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in making enough money to where I don't have to do that. And I talk about that and there's no wrong answers. You can be a saver, but just, you have to understand what comes, the pros and cons that comes with both of those options, right? If you want to save and not have your Starbucks, feel free. That's just not me. That's not how I'm wired. And that course is probably not for you if you're a saver, you know, just that's, I want to go earn. I want to produce. I'm put on this planet. It's my, it's my obligation, my duty and my responsibility to produce. Like I'm, I was put on this planet to produce. We all were, I truly believe that we were all put on this planet to produce. Like, I don't mean kids. I mean, produce a product, right? Like a product. Like I believe my wife was put on this planet to be a, a mother. She is so passionate about being a stay at home mom. She's phenomenal at it. And she's great at other things as well. But the, 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 passion that she brings to the table being a stay-at-home mom is the same passion that i bring to business to real estate to MMA, to coaching to all that shit right like that's what she was put on this plan to produce right this is what i was put on this plan to do, produce like these are this is what i'm saying earn i'm earning she's earning like you you know you're you're doing real estate you're you're producing like bring something to the table everybody brings something to the table you just got to find what that is I love that, man. That was beautifully said. 
how you do anything is how you do everything and you're killing it in every aspect of the game, man. So how do people find you? How do the people look at your course? Um, what are some ways to get in touch with you if they want to send you some deals? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Instagram is by far the best, uh, the best way to, to get a hold of me, like on social networks. That's the one I check the most. Uh, uh, but yeah, like that, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I usually interact with most of the people that, that, that comment, uh, with deals and stuff like that. I really, I'm kind of set up, man. Like I really don't like to buy outside of where I'm at. Um, I don't really do a lot of wholesale stuff. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a couple different groups that throw properties up and I, I jump on them quick. Uh, but yeah, man, just, uh, the, the course is not out yet. It's, it's being talked about now, but lately I've been doing a ton of, uh, like just free question and answer stuff on my, on my Instagram story. It's been, I've had a, a lot of success with that. Uh, but I, I'm sure if you're on my IG, you'll know when that thing comes out. Awesome, man. Nice. So what's 2021 looking like for you, man? What, what's, what are your goals for, for real estate and for fighting and for coaching? There's a book called, uh, chop wood, carry water. It's about a samurai archer that, uh, long story short, if you want to get better at everything is chop wood, carry water day in, day out. You do the same, same shit every single day. And those small incremental, uh, efforts lead to big, uh, success. So more, more of the same, uh, my, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you this. My goal was to get five doors this year. I just closed on the duplex. I have a contract, uh, contract on triplex. So it's the 13th and I've already the 13th of January and I've already done that. I haven't closed on it yet, but you know, so I, I, I sold myself short on that big time, but, uh, yeah, more of the same, man. I'm going to, I want to fight again. Uh, I'm going to be uh, coaching a ton this year already in February for five weeks straight on books every weekend. Uh, I'm buying at least five units this year, you know, uh, just keep more of the same chop wood, carry water, man. I'm not, I'm just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. And so I love to do, I don't work a day in my life, man. I thoroughly enjoy everything that I do. I love it, man. It shows, you know, again, all the guys that I know you that that know me that know you always say good things about you. Everybody's always a big fan of you. Every time I talk to you, I get fired up. I'll definitely be rooting for you as a coach, rooting for you guys, rooting for you in the real estate side, man. I like following you. I like seeing you do everything you. you're doing, man, going out there and killing it. I'm excited for you. Five in one month is only going to be better, man. I, I like it, man. I like everything you're doing. I'm inspired by it. You, I, I was half falling asleep when I got the call. I was like, man, I'm trying to wake myself up. And now like, I feel like as soon as we get off of this, I want to just go start hitting back realtors and sellers and stuff and start making some stuff happen. But uh, also, man, I'd love to get down and train with you down in Kansas City sometime this year when things start to change, man. Open invite, bro. Just let me know when you're on the way. Let's go. You got a place to stay, too. Let's go. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. So, uh, lucky, this, I think you're the only guy to come on twice so far. I like to have you on more and watch your progress, man. Fire people up. But uh, any closing thoughts before I let you go? No, I mean, thank you very much for having me. I always have a, you can tell I get super passionate about this stuff, man. I always have a blast. You always ask all the right questions. You're super knowledgeable and all that stuff. I really, uh, I do, I don't want to say I do a lot of these, but some of these get very, very, uh, you know, just uh, you go through the motions. I always have a blast talking with you, man. It's always fun. I appreciate that, man. Same here. You fired me up. You got, you gave me a second win tonight. So I appreciate it. James, sure. gentlemen. So what's it be?